Hey, it's Joe Girard with the Sales Hero Podcast, where you're going to learn some cool stuff about psychology, influence, neuroscience, how to create those repeatable best practices and systems, and building your bulletproof mindset. You can also find me on my blog at joegirard.ca and at saleshero.academy.com. Now, today we're talking about something that's really fun is just not being a salesy weirdo. We all know what it's like to be sold to and feel weird for the other person and also what it feels like when we're uncomfortable trying to sell to somebody. So we're going to talk about how to break that down in a few easy steps. There's also a blog post that goes along with this audio, so make sure you go and check out that link as well. And it's really just all about keeping things simple, having fun, and getting back to helping more people buy from you. So let's get started. Hey, what's up? Today is a really fun topic. It's actually one of my most favorite topics, and it's the concept of just don't be weird. I have this conversation all the time with my clients, and also have it with myself. Is just it's it's funny when we get into this mode of we're trying to get somebody to buy what we have, and we catch ourselves just being weird, right? If you've ever found yourself struggling to just like you know, get your language together to be able to communicate your idea or just talk about your business without feeling completely uncomfortable. You know what I'm talking about. And it happens to everybody. So today is really an intervention. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you eight really simple tips and steps that you can use to stop being a salesy weirdo. And I use that term really loosely because I think it just makes a lot of sense. We know what it's like to be sold to by somebody who's maybe uncomfortable in what they're doing and that feeling of, oh, they're just like, I feel weird right now. So that's what I want you to do is be able to figure out a way so that you don't feel weird, so you don't make other people feel weird, and it's going to increase the likelihood of them buying things from you. Because the bottom line, nobody wants to be salesy, right? But you've got a product and service that people love. So there's this like this like sort of push and pull there is you want to help them purchase it and and have it and love it but the thought of trying to convince them sometimes stops you dead in your tracks. And so just remember that the way the world works is everybody's in sales. Whether you're trying to convince your loved one to go for dinner with you, you're trying to negotiate which place to go to, you get your kids to do something, um to get, you know, figure out where you're going to go on vacation. If you own the business, if you're the front desk of the business, if you're in marketing, everybody's job is to help customers understand how awesome what you have is and just give you money for it. And you don't need to be weird about it. So today we're going to talk about that, just not being weird. Uh, And so whether you're brand new or you're a veteran, it's totally normal to get caught in this trap. And even as I speak right now, I'm thinking about not being a weirdo. And it's just like we're always conscious of we just don't want to not fit in. So the trick here is just catching yourself doing it and then learning how to do something about it. And so going back to the real fundamental purpose of selling, real selling is always just a transfer of emotion, right? You believe that what you have is valuable and all you're trying to do is get somebody else to believe what you believe. And if the way you're communicating, the way you're behaving is not resonating with them and you're not connecting with them, you're being weird. 
Okay. So the first step in anything that you do, whether it's not being a weirdo um, or anything that you're going to build, whether it's your goal setting, your marketing, your sales, your business, your personal development, health, whatever, is just simply observe. So number one, start by observing yourself. And I've been having a lot of fun with clients recently on this because I've just been adopting this, you know, don't be a weirdo mentality. It was something that just sort of came up this year because it really identifies um, whether it's your sales call, your process, your emails, and the clients are in our son. My clients are saying, you know, I was being a weirdo there or, you know, that sounds weird or I felt weird. Right. And we all now we've got a word for it. Identify. Hey, that just felt weird. And that's okay if it feels weird, but the number one thing you got to do is just identify it. So just bringing that conscious attention to it is the first step. This is part of our intervention. First step is bringing conscious attention. And by doing that, over time, you're going to be able to identify these complex behaviors and patterns and the self-awareness as well as the social awareness in yourself and others to be able to see what's actually going on and identify weirdness before it happens. Stop it dead in its tracks. So the first thing here is to get better at selling, just simply catch yourself being a salesy weirdo. Step number two, only change one thing at a time. I've got lots of stuff on goal setting and planning and habits, but before you make any changes to stuff you're doing, um, I'll tell you, identify just where and when you feel like you're being salesy. So that's the observation. Now, I, I talked about uh, a book I love, Thinking Fast and Slow, um, by uh, Dr. Daniel Kahneman, and he discusses the two systems of our brain. I won't go into too much of that, but basically we have two systems at work, and when you want to get yourself into a state of, I call, sales flow, um, that's when you are the most normal. That's when you're most natural. But in order to improve, you need to bring in some conscious thought that will make you feel a little bit weird. So in order to make it not seem weird, you just got to bring in one thing at a time. So it may seem complicated, but just think of as you're building your sales process and your language, um, it's like you're learning to drive a car or learning a new language, right? At first, it takes a lot more mental effort because there's a lot of stuff going on and you got to pay attention to all these different stimulus. But over time, those real conscious, mentally draining thoughts of that system two brain become unconscious. They become autonomic. And uh, and they start to become those thoughts that you um, it gives you a lot more cognitive ease. So the more you bring in just one thing at a time, and you start to see these patterns of behavior, and you identify being weird, and you make little adjustments, that's what's going to help you. I'm not asking you to change everything all at once, okay? Because if you try and take on too much and apply too many skills, it's going to seem unnatural. So step number two, if you seem like you're not your real self, you'll look like a salesy weirdo. <laughs> I love this. Um, number three, use simple language. This is one that's always funny to me is uh, when I hear people talk and I'm like, what are you talking about? Even as I'm talking sometimes, I go, Joe, you sound like a mental person because I'm just saying a bunch of stuff and then I start to use words and language that just starts to sound like just too much, right? So it, we have these long sales calls that have facts, figures, and this well-constructed language. We attempt to try and impress people and get them excited and blah, it just sucks. The true talent of communication, the true reason behind communication is what? Is to just communicate with others. We've got lost in this in this complex language fallacy that we need to sound really smart. So our goal in this transfer of emotion of selling is just essentially to get people to believe what we believe. Like we said, if you mask that with words and phrases or unnecessary diagrams, you're not really helping them. 
right? And it dawned on me a few months ago, um, and I wrote a post about it, I've got a link here, that we should start thinking like as if we're speaking to a 13-year-old. What makes sense? What's the simple way to say it? If, we're not, if we can't communicate in simple ways, what are we really doing to our customers, right? So a master level skill is the ability to turn what you would normally do in 60 minutes into 20. People don't remember much after 20 minutes. Think about TED Talks, right? So ask yourself, if you're trying to help simplify a complex idea for someone else, or are you simply masking mediocre ideas with complex language? I want you to think about that. So this tip number three, if you speak complex nonsense, you sound like a salesy weirdo. This almost sounds like uh, that uh, you might be a redneck if. I might change this up. You might be a salesy weirdo if. All right, number four. Get rid of that sales breath. I talk about this all the time, right? The, hi, sir, how can I help you today? You know, in, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I got to hit my targets. I got to hit my quota. I really need my money from you, right? Selling's tough, guys. And you want something from somebody else and you don't want them to feel like you're using them. So this is one thing I've written about a lot and I talk to people is just really listen to how you're talking to people. Listen to your energy. Look at what you're doing. And keep in mind that money itself only represents what we call an indirect exchange. It's just a mechanism to demonstrate value. It's not a prized possession. People give it way too much credit, right? Too much power. If you have something valuable to offer, then you should never feel bad about asking for money. It's your duty to help people buy from you. So forget about money. Right in um, in my last post, I talked a lot more about the concept of money priming and the psychology around our association with money. Um, but this whole premise is just shift your attention away from what you want from other people and instead just get hyper-focused on what you want to give to them, what value you're going to offer them, how you're going to help them solve things and who you need to be to succeed, right? And the faster you stop worrying about meeting targets and instead shift that attention to serving others, the faster the money actually starts coming in. I guarantee that for you. I have clients that do this all the time and they just absolutely, this is the big mental shift is go, whoa, I just got to help people and the money comes, right? And this is one of those constant reminders. Even if you're the most seasoned professional, you need to have that reminder. So anytime you feel like you're not getting the results you want, Don't blame the market. Don't blame price. Don't blame objections. Don't blame your dog. Whatever it is, look inside yourself and see if you're projecting the wrong energy and thinking about a little bit too much about what you want from people. Instead, think, how am I going to help somebody? How am I going to improve the life of my customer? So number four here is when you reek of sales breath, you are a salesy weirdo. (laughs) <laughs> this is fun. Uh, number five, ask and intrigue instead of solve. Let me explain. Your customers are not looking for you to swoop in and save the day. I talk a lot about being a sales hero, but I don't mean you're coming in and saying, here I am to save the day. Remember Mighty Mouse, right? Um, of course, what you're going to offer them, what you have as a product and service will solve a problem right? But that's not what they need in the conversation. They need help making sense of the problems they have before you talk solutions, right? Think about this. Uh, I get uh, I get this all the time. You know, being a man, um, I have a hard time not solving problems for my girlfriend, right? I've always had that problem. Guys can relate to this. And if a woman, I'm sure you've probably said this before, I don't need you to solve this for me, Right? Now, it's the same thing that's happening in our sales conversations. Think about that for a moment. And it's not a, it's not a, um, 
uh, a conversation that has to do with uh, sexism or the different sexes. This is a conversation whether you're a woman or a man having a sales conversation. Your, your customers don't want you to solve their problems. That's what I'm saying. Um, if you want to get really, really ridiculously good at getting helping people buy from you, you must ask the skill, master the skill set of asking just crazy good questions. Being able to demonstrate to them that you understand, not just diagnose, but you understand their problems, then you share some insights, things that will surprise and inspire them and tap into that reptilian and limbic system to go, wow, that's new, that's different, that's interesting. But if you rush to solve it, now it's you solving their problem. If you ask the right questions and provide insights, they come to this realization that they're solving the problem themselves and you help collaboratively come up with a solution. So your ultimate goal here is to help them frame the problem, right? And you have to be the one that helps them see what they really need before a solution is presented. And I have a link to another blog on the three-part sales conversation, which is really, really cool. Um, so number five here, if you try and rush to solve your customer's problems, you, my friend, are a salesy weirdo. Okay, number six, push, but don't be pushy. Right? This is one of the, probably the most misunderstood aspects of selling is this concept of being pushy. No one likes a pushy salesperson, totally. And no one wants to be a pushy salesperson. It conjures up images of the sleazy car dealership or the telemarketers. These people are just like, come on, why won't you do it? And it just feels bad, right? I remember years ago I was in network marketing and that's what people felt is just like, I don't want to be pushed into something. But at the same time, the thing that operates in the, in the same space is that weak salespeople don't influence decisions. You have to be good at helping people make decisions without being pushy. These things operate in, in conjunction and that's why only a few people are really, really good at this. See, humans, we have a hard time making decisions for ourselves. That's why we have comfort zones, right? If you've ever purchased something, have you ever done this? You purchased something that you know you wanted, but were a bit uncomfortable with the price, but when you bought it and it was exactly what you wanted, how happy were you? You see, we need help making those decisions. People need help making those decisions. People do want to buy from you. And sometimes they're just wrestling with, do I do this or not? And so more often or not, they're going to need your help to take that leap and make the purchase. So when I talk about being a sales hero, what I mean is that you actually help your customers take action and create the change they want. Right, But there's a couple things. There's three things that need to be in place for this to feel totally right. Is One, uh, you have to be good. Um, you have to have a really good product or service. You can't have a lemon. Okay. Number two, you have to believe in your offer. So if you don't believe in what you have, then you got to find something else to sell. So remember the transfer of motion. you got to get them to believe what you believe. Number three, you have to make sure you're operating in their best interests. And if those three things are in place, you're laughing, right? So don't be afraid to challenge your customers to take action. Help them see the future and make the decision. They're going to love you for it. So number six here, if you only push customers for your own self-interest, you are a salesy weirdo. Number seven, please don't be needy. Oh my God, this one drives me crazy. If you've ever been somewhere and you feel bad for somebody trying to sell you something, man, like, like it almost feels like you're breaking their heart. 
right? Maybe you just feel bad. They fumbled the whole thing and you just want to buy from them out of pity, right? And uh, as I was typing that up, man, I, I was just like, oh, it makes me sick inside. Like my mouth was twisting into a sneer. Like, oh, I know exactly what that feels like, what that looks like. And I just, I don't want to be that person where somebody's like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you money out of, out of pity, right? But here's the kicker, man. There's no scarcity, in the world of people that want to buy from you, that want what you have. The only scarcity is your mindset, okay? So when you're needy, what ends up happening is you're in this lower social status. You're somebody like they they have the control, they have all the power, and you're going to hear me say over and over the two things that kill me inside, the things that like kill kittens, there's two words, discounting and chasing. If you're discounting and chasing, you're already losing. So get it into your mind that you are someone worth chasing and that what you offer has real value for the marketplace and that people do want to buy it. So don't devalue who you are and what you offer by letting the customer feel like they're the ones to chase. They're just the ones that we talk about. They're just the ones who have the money. Money is useless unless it's doing something, right? If they take that useless money and exchange it with what you have, now it's useful. You're the catalyst for making that money useful. So keep this idea in your mind at all times. You don't need them. They need you. Okay? And I've had some clients get really, really big results with just this one thought. So to put this in your mind is this mindset of I don't need the business. There are a lot of customers out there. When you realize that you're the hot stuff, right? People should chase you and they buy what you need, buy what you have, your business will shift. And that's what my customers are doing. They're having fun with that stuff. They're getting, be- they're, they're getting better customers and the people they meet are more excited to work with them and follow their process. So think about how you do and what you do and get customers to chase you. So number seven here, if you're needy, you're a salesy weirdo. <laughs> I love this. Uh, number eight, above all else, have fun, right? But you could still be professional. That's the kicker. This, uh, above all else, have fun, but still be professional. This is a funny one. So if you want somebody to smile, smile at them, right? But I talked to a sales team yesterday. We were wrestling with, um, uh, they were, well, not me, they were wrestling with it. The idea, the notion of having fun without seeming unprofessional. They don't want to be salesy weirdos. They, they, want, they don't want to be super formal. They don't want to sound boring. But at the same time, they don't want to come across as immature, unprepared, unpolished, right? And so I realized in our call that I kind of advocated a little bit too much on the fun side and I was throwing them off. You know, I've in my career, I've, all, I've done things where maybe I was having too much fun and sometimes not enough fun. So there's a fine balance here. But they thought it was all about like telling jokes and being overly casual. That's not what I'm talking about. You don't need to be unprofessional to have fun with selling, right? What you need to do is you need to look like you sincerely enjoy what you do, that it seems like it's a fun job for you. And the catch is, is that you can't fake it. People can spot if you're faking your fun pretty quick. So why is fun, why is fun important, right? When you're having fun, what happens to you? What does it do? It shows to others that you actually like what you're doing. And it actually may be fun working with you that you're confident, that confidence then gets transferred to them, that you're trustworthy. If you're relaxed and having fun, it's great. You're a leader, right? Leaders are out there enjoying what they do. If you seem like you enjoy this as well, you get to transfer the joy of the process to them. They get to say, hey, this might be actually pretty cool, right? You also put the reptilian brain at ease. You tap into that limbic system and people are more willing to listen. You also show them that by having fun that you don't need them. 
you're having fun with or without them and that you're attractive to others, that you're somebody that they want to work with, right? So one of the big things that, that having fun does is that it taps into the power of mirror neurons. And I've written about this before, mirror neurons. It's always hard to say, but psychologically, we're programmed to follow. Mirror neurons are that, you know, if you see somebody eating a banana, the same uh, neurons fire as if you were eating a banana, right? It's a survival mechanism. So when we see other people doing things, when we smile, other people smile back. So check your intention, check your energy. And I've got a really, really cool video here on the post about how contagious um, laughter really is. And it's really funny to see that. And uh, once you see it, you'll laugh, you'll smile. So make sure you watch that. So if you enjoy making an impact with your customers and helping them buy from you, it's going to seem effortless. And that's how it should be. So the biggest tip here, if you can't have fun selling, you're a salesy weirdo. Okay. So those are the eight tips. Really think about how you can apply those, right? I want you to take some time and digest those ideas. It sounds really simple. All of this is common sense. And it's kind of, we get a good chuckle and think about it. Don't be a weirdo. Ha ha. But if you really start by paying attention, taking small steps, getting rid of that sales breath, you know, helping other people buy, resisting that urge to solve all these steps, and you start to put these into place each and every day, you're going to have a massive difference in your results now and into the future. So go have fun. Don't be a weirdo. Go make something happen. So thanks for joining me today. Remember, you know, like and share this. You know, I'm looking for feedback from you guys. I'm right in the middle of building some courses and really trying to help you with what you're doing. Not just a ton of info, but giving you insights, giving you things, actionable strategies that can help you move your business forward. So please comment. Please send me emails. Let me know how I can I can help you out. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. You know, whether you're just starting out or you have decades of experience, it's conversations exactly like these that can help you get an edge today and in the long term. You can also find me on my blog at joegerard.ca and saleshero.academy.com. Make sure you share this with your friends and colleagues as well. You know, selling is heroic because nothing happens in a business unless people buy from you. This is why I want to help you just simplify, have fun, and grow. Let's not only talk about these ideas, but take action and do our best work together. When you invest in yourself and just continuously learn how to sell the right way, you are a hero for your customers and for yourself. So join me next time for another episode of the Sales Hero Podcast.